All right, we are back with Brian Trainer. Um, we just had a great conversation about your story of how Christ brought you to Himself and how He's guided your life, and then we talked quite a bit about um, our bodies and mm-hmm. how how we steward our bodies are is an important part of following Jesus and and uh, demonstrating our devotion to Him. So um, I hope folks will check that out. If you haven't, uh, go back and watch that episode. But we're doing a short bonus episode here, and we're going to go in a totally different direction. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to talk about following Jesus in your 20s, lessons that you've learned, you you shared on the podcast that you're 31. Um, And, you know, you were single throughout your 20s. So I would love to talk with you about what are some of the advantages that you saw about following Christ and really learning and sinking your roots deep into Him in your 20s that might be helpful for others. So let's just kind of start there. What um, what are some of the big principles that you're coming out of your 20s having, having learned that maybe you didn't know going in? Yeah, great question. So some of the things I learned in my 20s, so, um, you know, I was, Jesus radically changed my life and transformed it at age 23. Um, 2014. So that was, um, it was incredible. Um, and I do think that it's a blessing to have learned what I learned and experienced what I did at that age. Um, with that said, um, so it's been about eight years of following Jesus. And a lot of that, as we shared last time, I was sick for about four of that and even more. I mean, you saw me when I would consider Mm. myself healthy. Um, right. But, uh, it was a journey. So in some ways, uh, you know, if I was fully healthy and um, would I have wanted to get married sooner and things like that, um, I would have probably wanted it and I probably even did. But uh, when I moved here, for example, um, the guys that I moved in with down the street from here, they were doing a no dating fast. And that was something that they prayed about. They agreed on. It wasn't a legalistic thing that they needed to do, but I was really inspired by that. Um, I think they were about a year in, I don't know, I think a little less than a year. And so I, I joined them for the, the rest of it. Mm. And uh I actually put a caveat on it. I said, okay, we're the navigators, sometimes known as the never daters. Um, <laughs> they, uh, they did basically, um, I said, okay, God, I'm not going to date. However, if beautiful young woman walks into our military ministry, that's mostly men. I, I will consider if you work it out to, to get to know her. Um, that was like the only caveat, but that, that lasted, um, two or three years. And I'm, I'm so grateful for that time, mm. both the time that I was sick, um, and God used me to actually help others and even in my weakness, um, get started in their faith. And I wouldn't say fully um, making disciples at that point, but definitely sharing the gospel, encouraging, coming alongside at in the army. And then when I got here, um, he continued to do that. And something that I am so fortunate to have experienced was that Zach Abrams, the guy who discipled me, he met his future, his now wife, Jessica, um, about the same time that we met. So I got to see Hmm. their relationship from day one. And as a young man, if you asked me at the time, like, could you get married and, you know, be like, be a good husband and all that, I think I would have said, yes, I I have a job. Um, right. I'm doing okay with it. I have (laughs) the finances, uh, I have decent morals and I'm trying to do my best. Hmm. And, uh, but seeing the way that how Zach's capacity to love, um, the men that God had put in his life, I do think is the thing that made him the most attractive. Um, Zach's an amazing man of God. He's an amazing person, period. Um, But Jessica got to see 
his ability to love based on the way that he loved the men in his life hmm. and the way hmm. he was pouring out his life for them. Um, I made a joke at his wedding that, you know, there's probably, there's probably questions on whether Zach was dating me or, or her for the first <laughs> few months because he spent so much time with me and we were huh. in the same unit and things like that. I'm saying, I'm sharing all this to say that that drastically impacted my hmm. life. And, um, you know, I hope that the most attractive thing about me is the way that I'm following Jesus and the way that I'm applying that to love others, yeah. specifically the men that God's entrusted me with or put in my life. Right. Um, so that's a big lesson. And it's kind of, how do we apply that? Um, the way that I've applied it is that community really matters. Whether you're plugged in with a local church, um, whether you're far from a church, you're in the military and out on a ship or something, finding um, people that you can do life with, that you can share life with, my definition of sharing life, or one of them, is at least three interactions a week. That um, could be a Bible mm. study, it could mm. be a, a workout, it could be a, uh, a fun you know, game night, whatever. Yeah. Um, ideally four, and at least a, a check-in, text, or call too. Mm-hmm. Um, that's like the minimum. But for those that aren't aiming for the minimum, I would say in terms of sharing life, because we only see each other once a week, and if it's not one-on-one time, it's probably gonna feel like catching up all the time. Mm. So for me, a big lesson was, let people close enough to my life to, and get close enough to other people to, um, to trust them. Uh, I grew up with no brothers. Uh, I have three sisters and I love my sisters. I love my family. Um, but in that process I didn't, and I, I transferred high schools actually between sophomore and junior year. So my friend groups kind of got mixed and I, I kind of got used to meeting new people every few years and kind of just having to figure out how to do that. And when I got sick and had my journey that we talked about last time, I didn't have really depth of relationships. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that our world has made harder. I mean, in fact, you know, as a young man, prof- young professional, it's like strive to have your own place and mm-hmm. have your own space. And um, that can be kind of what the world preaches at times. I'm grateful that uh, since Jesus changed my life, I've lived in community the entire time. There's been times when it wasn't as, um, intentional as others, but I'm grateful for all of it and the lessons I've learned. And that includes in a pad setting where I'm living with other men, other young men that are, um, we're on the same mission. We're trying to follow Jesus together. We're, we're sharing life. And then also with families. And so, um, I've lived with three families, lived in four pads. And then I did live with just one roommate for a while. And I will share that was actually the hardest part for me. Uh, living with only one person where we had different schedules Hmm. and we weren't clearly uh, doing ministry together, I would Mm say. Mm -hmm. We we had the similar faith, but we didn't have um, as much of sharing of life. Yeah. And we didn't go into it with as much intention. Like I think I can share, when I moved in here, for example, one of the most helpful things as a, especially recovering army officer, I would say, um, (laughs) at the time now, uh, you gave me like a one page sheet of kind of, hey, this is what, my expectations are our family's expectations are mm-hmm. and i've actually um done that now anywhere i've lived um whether it be a formal one-page document or um, just a very clear like hey this is what god's doing in my family's life and and the men I'm, we're living with mm-hmm. so just having those clear expectations and um and seeking that even if it's not comfortable even if it's not worth it uh you may or may not know this the first pad i lived in in 2014, I already had a lease. I still had six months left on it. Um, and Zach Abrams asked me to move in with him and Tom Pell. And uh, 
at first I was like, well, that doesn't make any logical sense. I already mm. have, and in fact, both my roommates were gone. So I had this three bedroom place to myself. It was great. It was right outside of base. Um, Zach and Tom did not use the heater and it was cold at times in Washington, <laughs> Different, but uh, I knew I was supposed to do it. I mm. knew I was supposed to move in with them. And it was at the time, Matthew six thirty three. but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All mm. these things will be added to you. Turns out both Zach and Tom um, are now married. They both got married within about six months of me moving in. And wow. I would not have, um, and I benefited so much from older men, um, just three or four years older than me, hmm. that they woke up every day on a mission. And they they treated me like a brother. I mean, they had high standards for me. And it wasn't hmm. that, you know, it was a legalistic thing. It's just that they they pushed me by the way that they lived. And, mm -hmm. uh, and they invited me into that. And so uh, I did move in with them, took on a second lease. You know, they made it pretty affordable for me, which was awesome. Um, but yeah, it was, it didn't make any logical sense. Probably if you told someone else in my unit, they'd be like, that's kind of crazy. <laughs> right. But it was so worth it. And so I hope that others find um, yeah. things like that. Yeah. I would say it didn't make financial sense for sure. sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but you know, if you, if you, if you think about what you're describing and how it has impacted your life, it was a great investment, mm. man. There was, there were several things that you said there. One is, and we talk about, um, I want to, so don't let me forget this. I want to come back to the four interactions per week. So I think that's, mm. that's really important. Mm. But before we dive into that, I, I've shared, I don't know if we've shared this on the podcast, but we've got a little framework that we talk about. It's from Genesis one through three, and we call it man mission mate. Yes. And, uh, that's really what, what you've lived out. So the yeah. idea is that, you know, when God started with Adam, um, he created Adam first, you know, the man. And then he gave Adam this mission. Um, he put him in the garden. He told him to keep it, uh, to tend it and to, to cultivate it. And then he gave him uh, a mate. He mm -hmm. gave him a helper who was suitable. And so this idea, I think, especially for young men, um, that there's a sequence there that this is, um, this is something like on our last show, we talked about blood, pen, pencil. Mm. Uh, this is something I would say, this is an in ink. This is pen yeah. in, in my life. Okay. I think it's very important that if you're a young man, it, it's important to figure out your own, get, get your own life together first, figure out who you are, who God's called you to be, um, become self-sufficient. Um, there's no reason to pursue a mate if you don't have your own life together. Mm -hmm. But then beyond that, you, know, you need to discover the mission um, that, that God has for your life. And, and that may take, uh, some time. Um, and when you've gotten yourself squared away and you've got a sense of God's mission, you know, a sense of who you are, not that you have to have everything figured out, but a sense of who you are, a baseline of self-control and self-sufficiency, a sense of God's mission, then it's, it's possible for God to bring a helper who is suitable, mm a helper who fits who you are as a man, how God's wired you, um, a helper who believes in this mission that God has given you. And then you get to spend the rest of your lives together, um, learning, growing and, and accomplishing this mission. And if you just kind of rush into marriage or you, you, you rush to find that life partner before you've really got your yourself figured out and this mission figured out, you could still figure it out. It just makes it a lot harder. So it's, it's really interesting that that was a part of what, what God was doing in your twenties. I would yeah. say one practical way that that's played out um, for me is that I didn't really realize it, but before I left Fort Lewis, the army um, base that I was at, 
I basically ended up getting dinner with like every couple. Um, they had me over with their family and I got to hear their story of how they met, how they did it. And some, you know, mm-hmm. God, God's, um, will work it out. You know, they got married before either of them were following Jesus and right. it worked and it's amazing. <laughs> right. It's incredible. Um, and then others, um, yeah, some of my favorites were ones that really, um, they waited on the Lord and God gave them a time. And I think that's been more true for my life. I think others um, were intentional to be dating in a way that they were um, exact. They knew what their mission was and they were, they had a list basically. Hmm. Um, it's kind of the extreme way to think about it, but needs, wants, desires, probably an easy way to think about it. Um, so I got uh, both men and women's um, married couples that I really looked up to their um, guidance. A lot of them were, you know, I thought they were old, not really, but older, like wiser. Many of them were only five, six, seven, mm-hmm. ten years ahead of me, probably at most up there. Hmm. Um, but them sharing that practical advice, practical um, wisdom was so helpful for the next steps. And for me, um, once I got down here, it was still healing and healthy. Um, I fell more into the time. Um, my friend Steve Smith is probably the best, Stephen Ashley. Um, basically, God said, don't date, don't date. And then he told him when, and he made it his job because he knew who he was. He was on a mission. Hmm. He was able to invite someone into that. So I view it not even just as being um, a call, but I think it's it's for us, right? So that we right. don't end up with someone a very practical way. Hmm. Um, you know, I was interested in a uh, young godly woman, I would say, and found out, you know, they, they were being called overseas. Mm-hmm. To, this is just somewhat theoretical, but... God used it to make me think through. He made it pretty clear that my mission is here in San Diego right now and investing in the military, um, young men in the military until otherwise told. Yeah. And um, if someone was to be moving to another part of the world um, with a passion for a different um, people group, then it probably, even if we have the same heart, if our missions are different, it would actually be a disservice Mm -hmm. to them to invite them into what God's doing in my life. It's like, we're both t- heading towards Jesus, but I view it a little more as we're both walking and then it's going to go this way instead of, mm-hmm. you know, however you want to draw the arrows. But um, for me, it's 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 so important to know our mission or else how can we invite someone else into that? And um, yeah. Yeah. No, that's good, man. Well, um, we'll wrap up with, with uh, just some final thoughts here. Something else that you shared, uh, you know, you talked about the four interactions mm-hmm. a week. Um, which I think is significant. I saw um, on social media this past week how someone had mentioned how they hadn't gone to church in four weeks and no one had reached out to them. Mm. And and they were they were basically sharing it that, hey, the church is failing me. And mm. I, I do think there's probably some truth to that. Someone else responded that, well, hey, if if you're only seeing them once a week and sometimes you miss, sometimes they miss, it, it typically takes six weeks before people really realize like, hey, are, did they stop coming out? <laughs> mm, wow. Of course, that wouldn't happen if you're actually sharing on a broader spectrum of life and you're having those interactions four times a week. So I do think that our church culture is, is somewhat broken in that sense that we're not sharing life. And you also shared life with people who were further along than you, which I think yes. is really important for someone in your 20s. Try to get around someone who is where you would like to be mm-hmm. in five, 10 years, or maybe even sooner. Um, Hebrews says, remember your leaders, those who spoke the word of God to you and considering the result of their way of life, imitate their faith. So mm-hmm. you need to be around people who are a little further along that you can consider the outcome of their way of life. And those can be the people that you begin to imitate their faith, the, the same faith that they have. Well, any, uh, any final thoughts from you on singleness in your twenties, uh, as we kind of wrap up this encore? 
Yeah, so much. Um, but no, this is, this <laughs> is know, awesome. This is the hard thing to do, 15 minutes. No, it's good because, you know, I get excited about this. Um, and one thing I've been really passionate about recently is seeing, you know, I do think that God will use my generation in some ways to connect the church of San Diego, at least. And that's the picture that I get to see right now. And I think you may want to use groups like uh, the Navigators, who are not part of a church, to do that. Um, we had an event recently where it was at a local church but multiple churches came together, hmm. uh, bodies of believers, and many are known for different, I would say, spiritual giftings and leanings. Uh, I do believe they're all following Jesus. And it was incredible to see what hmm. can come of that. And uh, so I think that having an appreciation for the other churches, but um, I say that because we often, um, like I said, I joked last, I think it was the navigator, the never daters early on. Um, I'm seeing that that is a you know a desire of the young men that I'm meeting. It's a it's a need I would say, and at their point in their walk, no matter where they're at in terms of being ma- you know master mission mate, um, it's important to at least project. Okay, do you see yourself being married, and how is that playing out in your life today? How do we um, address self control, and how do we look at the big picture with all that? So, for me, it's very healthy to be looking for opportunities to intermingle. I would say and meet godly women. Um, I love the book. The Sacred Search. It's probably one of my favorite mm-hmm. um, books by, I think it's Gary Thomas. Um, it has questions at the end of every chapter. And they were very helpful for me. I did it about three years ago, helped to um, prioritize. And I like the meaning of marriage also as a mm-hmm. framework of marriage um, to look at. Um, and then, yeah, uh, one one last thought. It's not as practical, but it is like during, uh, even during COVID and things, here having your podcast and having a resource like this, um, you know, even though we didn't meet as much, like I felt, uh, like you were still investing in me, discipling me in many ways. So Mm. I know you don't always get to hear that from maybe a guest on your podcast, but (laughs) there were some times where I was just really busy and, uh, you know, I have it set so that when you post something new on Instagram into the harvest pops up, saw a new episode and, um, you, Lakeith, Abigail, just, it, it meant a lot to me as a young believer to have, just practical discipleship, practical things that we're talking about. And so, and that's what I want to offer to others too. Um, because this is, you know, this is a participation sport following Jesus. It's, it's real. Um, and it, it does impact our, our next decision, our daily, our weekly, our monthly decisions and the big picture, like getting married or staying single. So uh, I just want to say thank you for everything you're doing here and, and beyond that. Yeah, I appreciate that, man. That's that's the whole goal for sure is to try to amplify what God is teaching us. And like you said, it is a participatory sport. We're all in it um, together. That's that's another big emphasis of this show is that we're not just trying to be experts telling other folks what to do, but we're trying to learn and live it in real time and then, you know, share lessons learned with others. So I appreciate you coming on and sharing some of those lessons you've learned over the years. And uh, yeah, thanks, Brian. Yeah, absolutely.